You're listening to The One Pridecast. Hello and welcome to a Senior Bowl edition of The One Pridecast presented by MGM Grand Detroit. I'm Tori Petrie and I am joined today sitting here in Mobile, Alabama by Matt Miller of The Draft Scout. Matt, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Yeah, it's good to see you again. And um, for those who aren't down here with us, this is the nicest day I've ever seen in Mobile Seriously. for the Senior Bowl. So <laughs> I know like, you know, for me, uh, being a Missouri guy, it like snowed last night. I'm sure you guys in Detroit, it's freezing. Oh yeah. So we're being spoiled for sure this year. I'm not complaining about it. It's supposed to be a little chillier tomorrow, but you know, the people that are back in Detroit listening to this podcast don't feel sorry for us no. at all. 55 uh, for people <laughs> in Detroit is a balmy uh, exactly, summer day. Exactly. Well, it's been really nice out here at the Senior Bowl. Thought we might get rained out uh, a day or two this week, but we did not. You guys might hear a little bit of the wind going on, a little bit of the chirping and practice back there, uh, but it's definitely good to be out here. And Matt, I don't even know where to start with Lions news this year because there have been so many pieces of breaking news throughout the last couple of days, considering the Lions are totally rebuilding their staff right now. So I guess we'll start with the GM position. The Lions hire Brad Holmes from the LA Rams. What did you think of that hire? Yeah, I liked it. And I think it signals more, you know, when you hire a GM that you can almost go a couple different ways. And it's either you go with the guy who's a proven scout or you, you go with a salary cap hire, or you might go, you know, with the former player like a John Lynch, you know, or a media hire um, like a Mike Mayock. But for the Lions, it signaled to me that they really want to build this team through the draft, you know, that they want to mm. scout and evaluate college players. And, you know, Brad Holmes has a great reputation as a scout coming from the Rams. And I, I think a lot of Lions fans would, you know, go look at the draft history of the Rams. They haven't had a lot of first round picks because they've traded for key players like Jalen sure. Ramsey. But it's what they've done outside of the first round uh, has been really impressive. So I think that's something that you want, you would feel really good about is the fact that you're getting someone who is a proven scout. And so you can come to events like this and find those diamonds in the rough a little bit. Absolutely. Well, they also brought in Dan Campbell to be their new head coach. <laughs> it was the press conference right. heard around the world. That's all anyone's talked about. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I was in the room for that press conference and locally in Detroit, it was so well received. They loved hearing his energy and everything that he brought to the table. And then we've seen him build his staff throughout the last uh, couple of days here. What did you think of Dan Campbell stepping in as the new Lions head coach? Yeah, the press conference was amazing, first and foremost. <laughs> uh, you're right. Uh, I've never, ever worried about my kneecap being bitten, but now I have to be aware of that. Um, um, I, so Dan Campbell had actually been on my list for probably three years of really? like future okay. head coach candidates. So just the success that they had in New Orleans and then the fact that he has, you know, coached so many different positions. And as a former tight end, something to think about when you're a tight end, you have to know how to block. You also have to know how to run routes and catch. So you're you're really learning two positions. You're an offensive lineman and you're a wide receiver. So tight ends usually can move between those rooms a little bit. And so sometimes they're better communicating with players. I think that's why a lot of really good NFL coaches have either coached tight end or played that position. So, and then, you know, of course, just the, the lineage of Dan Campbell, you know, being under Sean Payton, oh. being under Bill Parcells, there's some great coaches to be connected to. So I think that's another thing to be excited about. Not only the energy, the credibility that he brings, but it, I think it matches well with kind of the identity of that city and that team of like, this is gonna be a tough football team. It's gonna be a little bit of a throwback, but then there's gonna be that element of the Saints were a high octane offense. So you're gonna try to get playmakers who can create with the ball in their hands. Sure. Well, I think it's super interesting that you say that you had your eye on him as somebody who was yeah. a future head coach, because uh, for some people, they were a bit surprised because he hadn't been a coordinator before. It hadn't called the plays at his NFL stops before. 
Do you think that matters at all? You know, I don't. I know that's so many people are talking about that this year of, oh, you know, guys didn't call plays. They weren't a play caller. But when you're a head coach, you're not always a play caller. You know, right. Bill Belichick doesn't call plays. He's doing OK, you know. And so <laughs> I, I think it's just a matter of how do you want your, you know, your structure to be. And if you can build out a very good staff, which I think that's another thing with Dan Campbell you being part of that Peyton, Sean Payton coaching tree, you're going to be able to assemble a really good staff of people who can call those plays. Sure. Normally, you know, head coach, you want to hire that guy to be the CEO of your team, to be the face of the team to set really the pace for your, you know, the culture, the way things are gonna be run. And I think that's what Dan Campbell brings is, you know, like uh, Matt Rule, whose staff is down here coaching right now. He's not an X's and O's guy, you know, but he's a great culture builder. He's a good CEO. And I think Dan Campbell is gonna be very, very similar to that. Okay, speaking of the staff that they are building, we'll talk about the coaching staff, first of all. All three coordinators in place at this point. You've got Aaron Glenn as your defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Anthony Lynn comes in after leaving the Chargers as your offensive coordinator. And Dave Phipp is your special teams coordinator. What stands out there and what do you think of that staff? Well, the experience is huge. And I think for a first-time head coach, and as you mentioned, somebody who has not called plays, you know, he's been under a, a very hands-on head coach. To get that support, especially with Anthony Lynn, you know, freshly coming off a head coaching job, sure. he knows what it's going to take to to run an organization. He's, he'll be able to help with that. Um, and then I think also, you know, with Detroit last year, uh, one of the draft picks that everybody was so excited about, Jeff Akuda, and then you get a former NFL defensive back in Aaron Glenn to yep. work with him. And then in the second round, you get DeAndre Swift, and you get a former NFL running backs coach to work with him and Anthony Lynn. So it really connects well to some of the young superstars on yeah, the team. Yeah, great point. Um, a lot's going to change there at quarterback, obviously now. Yeah. But you, we you haven't have, even gotten to that. Right, we're not yet. even there right now. Uh, <laughs> but you have coaches who are going to work really well with your what you would consider foundational draft picks from last year. So I think that's a really good sign of the fact that Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes know what they're doing to get the right coaches in place to help those players. Absolutely. And then you add a couple of pieces on the scouting side of things, a couple of big names in Ray Agnew mm -hmm. and John Dorsey. I mean, John Dorsey, a former GM for two different NFL teams, he comes in and joins that front office. To me, it seems like a really helpful thing for a first-time GM to have such experience in that office with him. Yeah, and for John Dorsey, he gets to walk around and remind people that he drafted Patrick Mahomes. So that <laughs> helps, right? When you can say, I was yeah. the guy who did that, that, that does help. Uh, I think just that experience is, again, huge. You know, Brad, you being a bit of a younger guy um, and, and not having that experience at the top of an organization, now you get two people who have been, you know, at the top or near the top. Sure. And so just, I think they've done a great job of almost backfilling these positions up with, you know, like we were saying with the coaching staff, you know, John Dorsey has been everywhere. He's seen it all, you know, from being in Green Bay and working under, you know, that staff there with Ted Thompson, going to Kansas City, going to Cleveland. I mean, and at each stop, uh, even though they didn't work out for him, I mean, he turned those rosters around. I mean, sure. the Browns won 10 games this year, you know, that for the first time in forever. Uh, and, Largely and the, from his work. Right, and the Chiefs are pretty good as well, right? So <laughs> I, I think that that's something while, you know, John has, you know, obviously he was available for a reason, but the, the rosters that he helped build in those two places are really, really strong. Yeah, absolutely. And it definitely is interesting. You know, you have a guy like Chris Spielman that is advising the owner and the team president. Yeah. And then you have Ray Agnew and you have John Dorsey. And you have all these, these voices that are in there that are experienced to help out a first-time head coach and first-time GM because they've got one of this organization's biggest decisions ahead of them. Because as we know, over the last week, the Lions have said uh, that they and Matthew Safford will mutually be seeking to part ways this offseason. And I mean, 
choosing what you're going to do at quarterback if you part ways with Matthew Stafford is a huge decision and a huge responsibility for a first-time head coach and first-time GM. But you do have a lot of really uh, experienced voices in that room with yeah, you. And a lot of former players in that, that list that we ran through and guys who know what they're looking for in terms of not just you know, on-field ability from this quarterback class, but also what type of leader they want. Because, you know, Matthew Stafford being a former number one overall pick, uh, he was a great representative for that organization. And I think that's the other side of it. You know, getting someone that you can, that can be your face. You know, that can be, like we said, the Patrick Mahomes, you know, that John Dorsey got in Kansas City. So I think that's a huge part of it. And I know Lions fans are probably looking at every mock draft they can. This is a good quarterback class, especially to have right now the number seven pick. Um, it's, a, it's a good year to need a quarterback. All right, well, now that we've talked all of the front office and, and coaching staff and all that, let's dive into this draft because I know that is your area of expertise. I mean, you talk about this being a good quarterback draft. So do you see the Lions uh, filling that quarterback role in this year's draft? I think so right now. You know, it's hard to say before free agency, um, but, sure. but that makes the most sense. I don't. To me, I don't think you would go ahead and announce that you're going to mutually, you know, part ways with Matthew Stafford and really open the door to a potential trade without knowing that you're you have an idea of how you want to replace him. And having a top 10 pick is a huge part of that. You know, I think if if the Lions were you know drafting at 18, it might be a different conversation. But because they're at seven, you would you would think that okay, one of those four quarterbacks will be on the board at this point. Uh, Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, Zach Wilson from BYU, Justin Fields at Ohio State, and then Trey Lance at North Dakota State. None of those guys are down here um, as you know, three of them weren't eligible, but it is a good year to, to be in a spot to get one of those quarterbacks. Or if you're able to move Stafford and, and get enough picks in return, there's the possibility to trade up even farther, you know, to, to maybe get even more of a, a premier prospect to that position. All right, so let's say Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jags and, you know, you, you have your pick of, of the other three. Which one is your favorite of those guys? Yeah, you know, I, this sounds like a hedge. I like them all. I really do. They all <laughs> provide something unique that makes them, you know, good. Zach Wilson is, you know, an electric thrower. He makes a lot of, you know, uncharacteristic plays. Everything's off-platform. He, he's energetic. He's a little bit wild almost, but it works. Uh, with Justin Fields, it's he has everything that you want. You know, it's the big arm, the athleticism, the production over two years at Ohio State. I mean, he was arguably the best quarterback in college the last two years. So there's a lot of uh, experience there that you're not going to get from Trey Lance or Zach Wilson against Big Ten defenses. With Trey Lance, uh, this year he only played one game, and it was kind of thrown together late, so it, it's hard to even evaluate. But last year he threw 28 touchdowns, rushed for 14, and didn't throw an interception. So he was fantastic. I mean, but again, at North Dakota State. So you're like, well, who has he played? So you really have to dig into the traits of those guys and evaluate them. Um, if it were me sitting in that room, I would advocate for Zach Wilson. I just think his style of play fits what the NFL okay. is moving to right now in terms of that ability to create on the move as well. Um, Bucky Brooks, NFL Network, said this perfectly, that you want scorers, not shooters. And Zach Wilson's a scorer. So whether okay. it's with his legs or his arm, he can find a way to get into the end zone. Well, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about Dan Campbell, you called it maybe a, a throwback offense, but also with some influence from the New Orleans Saints and the yeah. explosive offense that they've had there. So which of those quarterbacks do you feel like fits with what Dan Campbell will probably be doing as, along with Anthony Lynn? I think the great news for Lions fans is that all three are athletic. You know, and so if you want to do a lot of the Drew Brees, half rollouts, quarter rollouts, you can do that. You can 
play with any of these quarterbacks on the move. I do think Zach Wilson is the best fit for that just because of what he was asked to do at BYU. Okay. Um, in terms of the play broke down, he was able to move. And what we're seeing in the league right now, it's not just that guys can roll out, but they can drift away from the line of scrimmage. They can extend the play by going side to side or backward. And he does that exceptionally well and then has a strong enough arm to get out of those, uh, you know, when he has to reverse his field a little bit. But, you know, if he's not available and you, you're there with Justin Fields or Trey Lance, those are not consolation prizes. Those okay. are really good quarterbacks that you can build around. And I think with Justin Fields, especially being the biggest name, obviously, you know, folks in Michigan have seen him play for a couple of years at Ohio State. It could be a Justin Herbert situation where when he gets in the NFL and he's able to loosen up a little bit and just throw the ball, that he could you know break out and have a huge productive rookie year. Bet MGM, an official partner of the Detroit Lions, is coming soon to Michigan. But you can sign up early and get $100 in free sports bets and $100 in free casino bets with bonus code LIONS. Be ready for the action the moment BetMGM goes live. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com to get a total of $200 in free bets with bonus code LIONS. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Okay, well, say they don't take a quarterback at seven. There's a lot of quarterbacks here at the Senior Bowl this mm -hmm. week who, you know, a lot of people have their eyes on Mac Jones at the top of that list. What do you think of the, the quarterback class that's down here in Mobile? Yeah, you know, I think it's a little bit of a down year outside of those top four or five quarterbacks. You mentioned Mac Jones, and, and he's someone who it's really interesting to evaluate this week because you go to an all-star game and his supporting cast here is actually worse than it was at Alabama, which isn't a <laughs> knock on these guys. Alabama's just crazy. Exactly. So four first round wide receivers last year, uh, a first round running back, an offensive line that's amazing. So really trying to see what he looks like outside of that system. You know, he's not the biggest player. He's not the most athletic player and his arm, it doesn't just wow you, but he's very, very consistent. He's very accurate. He throws a very pretty deep ball. So he would be at the top of that list. You know, the other guys are what I would consider developmental quarterbacks who might have a trait or two that you really like, but they haven't put it together consistently enough to feel like they're viable starters, at least early on. Okay. Well, let's talk about the other the other positions that the Lions might have their eyes on. Obviously, they've got a lot of work to do with their roster. Brad Holmes said he'd prefer to call it a retool rather <laughs> than a rebuild. Yeah. What other position groups could you see the Lions targeting as far as the first round goes in this draft? Yeah, I think wide receiver is a really interesting position if they don't come off the board too early because Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner at Alabama, Jamar Chase from LSU, who had 20 touchdowns in 2019 before he opted out, and then Jalen Waddell, uh, also at Alabama. could One of those three could still be there. They're all very, very talented and are expected to go early, but they're each very different. You know, Devontae Smith is more like Justin Jefferson, just a great route runner with good hands. Jalen Waddell is a little bit more Tyree Kill, just speed all over the field. And then Jamar Chase is just physically gifted at 208 pounds. He's, he just out-muscles people for the ball, and then he's athletic enough to create after the fact. So uh, depending on what happens with Kenny Galladay and free agency, I think that need could be elevated a little bit more. Sure. Um, but it is definitely something where that's an area that has to get a little bit better. Well, I mean, the Lions only have two players or two wide receivers under contract for this following right. year. So it's definitely a, a position of need for them. But how about on defense? What do they do to improve that defense from where they were at last year? Yeah, I think something that's missing is people who can create turnovers. You know, you lose Darius Slay, you lose Quandre Diggs. That, that has to be replaced, not just on the field, but even in terms of leadership. So looking at the safety class, it's very, very talented, uh, whether that's in the, at the Senior Bowl or overall. It's a good year to need a safety. So if you're looking at ways to increase, you know, your playmakers on the back end, I think the safety class is really intriguing. I mean, in round two and round three, 
there's so much depth this year that that could just be a, a spot where it might not be the most obvious need, okay. um, but something that I do think would be an area where you can get great value. I, I'm still a huge believer in Jeff Akuda at corner. Okay. Uh, getting someone opposite him could definitely be a, a, an area of focus early, but if you're going on defense, I know, you know, D-line is always going to be the where the attraction is with those players, and we'll see what Aaron Glenn wants to do defensively, but um, I think some of the moves made, you know, over the past two years in free agency um, have bolstered the, the front four that uh, you don't have to feel like you have to get a player there at least. Okay. Now, we're sitting out here at practice in, in Mobile. Which players are exciting you the most from what you've seen so far down here in Alabama? Yeah, so Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver from Florida, uh, has been phenomenal, as has Dwayne Eskridge. I, uh, I like that pick from Florida. Yeah. I'm a Florida okay, grad myself. Okay, there we go. So, I mean, two <laughs> just really electric wide receivers. Yeah. You know, great speed. And, and that's what tends to stand out here. You know, it's people who have the burst of athleticism. Um, I, I like the offensive line class. James Hudson, a okay. tackle from Cincinnati, has been very, very good. Uh, and then there's a pass rusher from Pitt, Patrick Jones. Um, who might be a target for a team like the Lions in the second round has been really impressive as well. Uh, Eskridge has really He's turned amazing. a lot of heads yeah. this week because you come from a, a smaller school like that in the MAC, and then you come down here to the Senior Bowl. It's guys like that who really benefit at the Senior Bowl. Absolutely, it gets you on a level playing field. No matter yeah. where you went to school, you are competing just you know best against the best, and so that's why it is so valuable because you can watch you know a Western Michigan or North Dakota State player and they look amazing against that level, but getting them down here, watching them go against Florida and Alabama and Ohio State players, it gives you a different level of respect for what they Absolutely. do. And also like, there's no substitute for seeing a, a player in person to really see the, the arm strength, the speed, yeah. the agility. That's such a huge part of this. All right, well, the NFL draft is still a couple of months away, so it's very early. We haven't even been through free agency <laughs> yet. We don't know exactly what's happening with Matthew Stafford, but at the number seven pick in the draft, this very early prediction, what would you say the most likely thing is that the Lions do? Yeah, I would say as of right now, uh, it would be quarterback. And to put a name on it, I think Justin Fields would be a great fit and someone who's likely to be available. You want Trevor Lawrence, right? Everybody does. He, <laughs> he will be gone. Yeah. I think there's a great chance that Zach Wilson is gone. So next best quarterback for me, it would be Justin Fields. And I think that's a, that's a great pick. In a normal draft, Justin Fields might be a top two pick. You know, this year's just a little bit unique with Trevor Lawrence up there and the rise of Zach Wilson. but. That's a really good quarterback to start your new regime around. What do you think fair market value is for Matthew Stafford? What do you think they can That's get? That's the question everybody wants the answer <laughs> to right now. I think given how, how talented Matthew is, the fact that he's still relatively young at the position and his contract is it's not crazy. You know, it's not, it's right. not unrealistic money. I would think you start with a first round pick and maybe a third as well. Um, and that's what the Lions could hope to get, especially uh, you know, from teams like San Francisco, uh, Indianapolis, Washington, New England, teams that are probably on the outside looking in in this quarterback class. Uh, a proven veteran like Matthew Stafford is very valuable. Okay, so say you have two picks in the first <laughs> round. You take a quarterback with one of them, what, what position do you think is, is most important for the Lions yeah, to do next? I would come back at wide receiver, like okay. we talked about before, with just two guys under roster. Whether Kenny Galladay is back next year or not, more speed, more playmakers at the position. So I would pick Kadarius Toney, mostly just to keep you happy with a Gator there. But, I like it. Uh, he's one of my favorite <laughs> players in this class. And so I, I do think, if, especially if you're picking in the 20s, that's where his value's at. Okay. Well, Matt, thank you so much for hanging out with me on the podcast today. You did it a couple years ago for us on at the Senior Bowl as well. But I want people to know where they can find you now. Yeah, it's weird to not hear Bleacher Report after my name. I after, know. after 10 years there, it's a little bit of a change. But I've decided to go out on my own and launch right. a new draft website called thedraftscout.com. Uh, officially awesome. launches February 11th with a seven-round mock draft. 
a top 300 oh, big wow. board. Seven and so round. coming out hot. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I haven't been able to write in about two months and I really miss it. And so I'm just, I'm ready Itching. to go. I'm going to, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Okay. Well, we will be tuned in on February 11th. Matt, thank you so much for hanging out with us on the One Pride Cast presented by MGM Grand Detroit. Awesome. Thank you. Bet MGM, an official partner of the Detroit Lions, is coming soon to Michigan. But you can sign up early and get $100 in free sports bets and $100 in free casino bets with bonus code LIONS. Be ready for the action the moment BetMGM goes live. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com to get a total of $200 in free bets with bonus code LIONS. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons.